Greetings Padawans and welcome to the archives. Here to unlock this holocron, here's the man of the hour, Jedi Master Sotiko. And don't forget about Juder Fred and everyone's favourite rebel, MJ. Bosha, welcome everyone to the Archives Podcast Episode 8. This is not a solo show as we do have Van Seal in the call. Fred will also be joining us at some point and maybe Ziskeg. So it's going to be a three-man rotation here. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. This is actually episode nine of the archives. Jesus Christ, the vacation kind of puts you through a loop. But this is the first one back on the regular Wednesday time slot. And happy to be here. Very happy to be here. Judah will be here next week. He has family over today, so he couldn't come through. And then my boy Van Seal is out on a hike right now. But apart from the hike, man, how you been? It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, good. Good, man. Yeah, it's uh, crazy how uh, the circus show is coming to a close for this week. I know. Yeah. It's nuts because it feels like... It's like, I feel like Halloween's like right around the corner. It's like right when Halloween's here, but basically christmas yep <laughs> and i hope that tuesday at 6 p.m pacific is like christmas for star wars fans you know i'm yeah i'm looking forward yeah. to the finale with like bittersweet feelings because i know this is going to be the last star wars show for a long time until I want to say yeah the writer strike is now over so if we exactly so if we do get anything star wars related it's going to be with non-sag members which personally i would be so down for i'd be so down for that's kind of what star wars was I can look it up real quick. Um, I think those are the two that are next. Yeah, I think I remember hearing that it was coming out in October 2023. Um, yeah, initially, it was announced with a 2023 release date. Um, and that was at Star Wars Celebration 2022. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, it's probably... Because, yeah, we have three months of the year left starting today. It's October 1st, you know? So, it's probably going to get delayed. Like, 95% going to get delayed. But I do know that they have some... Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're getting anything the rest of the year. I think we're kind of going up this this uh, let me let me look up and see if there's anything because as f- I know that they have Bad Batch basically Bad Batch season 3 is done Acolytes done but it looks like we're not going to get Skeleton Crew until 2024 and or has a 20 August 2024 release date and then Acolyte is also 2024 so 
I think we're going to be going a while without yep. some Star Wars media. So, so it sounds like safe to say, uh, the late spring next year. Mm hmm. Early summer. Yep. And then, of course, there's a Taika Waititi Star Wars movie in development. There's a James Mangold uh, Dawn of the Jedi movie. Dave Filoni's Mandoverse. But I feel like we're going to get Ahsoka season two before that. Um,. And then Shereem Obeyed Chinoy has a Jedi Order movie as well. And I think that's the Ray movie. So there's a few movies announced. Um, yeah, those are, those are years. Those are years away. Years away. I know the Lando show is getting rewritten. 2027 is not Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the Lando show is getting rewritten um, by Childish Gambino, so that's cool. Hopefully it's good. But, yeah, how do you feel yeah, about not having... Young that show. Oh, I hope so too, man. I wonder if it's going to be a la like Lando before the Solo show, though. The Solo movie. Or if it's going to be after the Solo okay. movie. I mean, there's a lot of backstory that they dropped in the solo movie about before and after. So, I mean, they could yeah. go either way. It wouldn't surprise me if they did before and then we got the love angle between Lando and L3. It wouldn't surprise there's me. That and, like, so, so when we first see Lando, uh, you know, if you talk about that, it's really the Crimson Dawn. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, Monday or a sing. So it's like there's a lot of things that happened prior, obviously, with him. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like they can go either way. It yeah. would be cool again to see, like, you know, Kira. It would uh, be really you cool. Know, Kira already knew that on every side of movie. So it would be nice to see those characters again. Yeah, 100%. I'd love a. I know we're not pitching shows right now, but I'd love a mall show around that time area. I think mall a mall show would be sick. It'd be really cool. Issue is, I think I'd I'd only be okay with it if it was only one season. I feel like I think one season would be good enough. Mm -hmm. I don't know about two degrees. Just be pretty limited what you can do with them. Yeah. I think a mall show either. See, here's my issue, and this is kind of my first talking point that I want to talk about, and it's flashbacks, and I have the feeling that flashbacks are sort of being not overused. I think they're in the shows, they're actually being used perfectly. Like in Kenobi, I felt like the flashbacks were great. In Ahsoka, I felt like the flashbacks were perfect, but every time you hear someone pitch something, you always hear flashbacks and you see a bad example of flashbacks with the book of boba fett where he's just getting flashbacks of his dad leaving and it's very early on and it never goes anywhere with it so you say you're not a fan of flashbacks well, you have to remember half of his show is the flashback that's no. true yeah no, i think it's an easy out for writers because what it does is like you know, Book of Boba, for example, um, 
eight episodes, I think, is what the arc is. Seven or eight episodes. Half of the show I think is it's, a flashback. I think it's seven. Which means, yeah. like, seven. Yeah, so either way, half of the show is flashback. Mm-hmm. If you have a seven episodes, eight episodes, whatever it is, to tell story, you don't really get to see a full season of the story. Now you're telling me two short stories. Kind of game. Like, we're wasting so much time in the past, which, like, everyone's so concerned about what's going to happen to this character in the future. Yeah. That's, because that's, that's the other one. We already know he survives Charlotte. Yep. We need to know how... Do we need to know that he bonded with Huskins? Not really. Did it add anything to his character? No. Um, so flashbacks were introduced in the until episode 8. And I'm just... I don't know. I'm just... I'm not a fan of flashbacks, in Star Wars especially, because I think you waste so much time on them, mm-hmm. and they don't carry their weight. And then you have less time to actually tell the real story that's going on. But, you know, that's just my two cents on it. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And it's not like with Ahsoka. It's not even like they're even flashbacks, per se, because they're kind of going through a... I really need to look this up and what it's called. Um, an Ebenezer Scrooge type episode where she's seen. Yeah, events. I just called that. She, I just said she was like in a she was like in a forest coma or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. and it wasn't like she was seeing things; like she was literally back in it, you know. Um, so it kind of felt like a massive, big old force echo, a Christmas Carol. That's the one. Cool. So I'm not even upset about the Ahsoka ones. I actually, the Ahsoka ones make the most sense, but you can't just overdo them. And I don't want every show to have a flashback. Um, I know you're not the biggest Andor fan in the yeah, world. Yeah, even Andor. Even Andor. Yeah, I was going to say, he had flashbacks. And I mean, I don't even remember what his flashbacks were. I just remember that he had them. Yeah, and that was kinda it. <laughs> his flashbacks were, they flashback to his childhood, and then when he was an adult, the only flashback was more of a recollection, and it was of when his father was murdered, hung in the street. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So but even that was a very short one. Yeah, that even like then a, they didn't. That was like a true flashback where it just it just it just flashed and it's like okay, like and that one I can I can even pass to, but like Yeah. You living your like childhood and spending an entire episode in the past and just kinda like it's like you don't make any story progression. No, especially yeah. because with oh what up, Fred? Fred is here now, folks. Uh, How you doing, Fred? I'm good, you know, uh, listen to what you're saying just now. And okay. um, I feel like when it comes to, like, the TV shows, because they don't have that much time to kind of tell the entire story, they rely on flashbacks to kind of, like, cover a lot of ground. So mm-hmm. with TV shows, you'll more often have that. So Yeah, I see that. And I just wish that... They only use them to further the story, not how Van Seal said, just to be a lazy out as a writer, if that makes sense. 
Um, yeah. But I was not a fan of them in episode eight because I feel like Luke could have just said that. Oh, he could have just said what he did to to Ben, and then in further Star Wars media down the line, we can see what happens, and then it adds more context to the situation. It sucks when that stuff happens, man. It really sucks. Yeah, I'm there with you for sure. Because, like, um, that's, like, so much extra time that we could have used towards the movie mm -hmm. to get more information, there, you know? And more story. Yep. More anything, really, action. Anything. Give me something. Something that's not just... You tell like and I'll be honest, when you when you have flashbacks like that, the same one over and over and over, you, you risk the chance of confusing your audience. Because when yeah. I watched the episode for the first time, I was very confused. I was like, wait, we already saw this. I'm like, wait, it's changing again. I'm just like, wait, like what the hell are they doing? Mm -hmm. And those are things that as a poor writer and director you can't really have i wish that at some point you know we get some sort of media that it doesn't retcon because you can't retcon the sequels nor would i want them to be retconned because there's a lot of things in there that i like but they need so like it is a it's a decent looking girl who just has a bad diet and doesn't sleep that well, drinks nothing but monster energy drinks, and she vapes. So she has tons of acne, bad skin, and she needs all the makeup in the world. And that's what the sequels are. The sequels need all the makeup in the world, and but they can be a very beautiful creation. Just needs extra help. It needs the work. It needs... The time and energy put into it. Not gonna lie, I thought you were talking about Ray specifically. They just not, bro. No, like, no. Daisy Ridley's a lovely lady, and that's not that's yeah. not that's not uh, a slap to any woman or anything. Just I'm just yeah. saying, the sequels are in need of some serious touch-up work. Clone Wars was amazing for the prequels. I think the original trilogy is getting all of their love with the Mandalorian, with the Book of Boba Fett, with Andor, with Rogue One. They've had tons of work done. Now I feel like it's time to give the sequel trilogy some love because there's so much story in between that we don't really know about. And a Phasma show. <laughs> a Phasma show? That'd be I fire. Think the problem is the fact that we, is the fact that we don't know. And I think that's, like, I think it's much harder to connect the dots from, like, the sequels to the original trilogy than it was from the original trilogy to the prequels. I agree. I think it's way harder to connect the dots. Yeah, because honestly, you can go and in I think, so many different know, ways. I think a lot of writers also just have no idea what they're going to do. Because like, the thing with the prequels was you have a lot of source material you can pull from. You're like, okay, so how do we get here? We need to, we need to make, you know, it's like when you open up a Lego, like it shows you the end result. You see what you're going to build, and we'll go step by step so you build it. The problem mm -hmm. is with the, uh, the sequels is it's such a different animal 
you have so, you, you're limited on characters you can use because you know people just die off and or just don't exist anymore. Yeah. And there's just so much open water, and which normally is a good thing, but unfortunately, end product doesn't look so hot. So, you know, you know the saying a, a piece of shit is a piece of shit is a piece of shit. It's like yeah, can't polish it anymore to make it look any prettier. So, I mean, you could try to make it make sense, mm-hmm. but Will will the will the sequels get better with their, the storytelling prior? I don't think so. I think it'll just make the journey not as rigid to get there. But I don't know. I just it, it's it's gonna be really tough for them to do that. How would you approach it? How would you approach? Because I feel like they're trying with this Ray movie, but then again, that's not really helping the cause because the cause is filling in the gaps between battlefront two and episode seven because as of right now battlefront two is the latest media around the skywalkers that we have if you want to throw in like the grogu and luke episode a book of boba fett sure um, but we still don't have a direct inclination of when that is, nor is it enough to so suffice. The one, thing, the one thing I would do, and Disney hasn't pulled the trick on this yet, you have to recast Han, Luke, and Leia. Agree. Plain and simple. And we have the... Plain and simple. You can't expect us to have our main cast in episode six disappear for 30 years. And then all of a sudden they show up again and we're expected, to, we're expected to know that we just, you know, they've been doing stuff off screen this whole time. It's just like, that's just not, it's not reliable. Yeah. And you have the but people to do I it. Need to recast them. You bring back Han Solo to play Han Solo. Carrie Fisher's daughter can do the job. And the dude in our general chat, <laughs> I'll put a. I'll put the picture on the screen for the video watchers. Um, what's his name? Graham Hamilton. Looks exactly like Mark Hamill. Exactly like him. To the point where I'm thinking Mark Hamill was getting around and Graham Hamilton's mother messed around with him. And he, he could easily be Luke. He was Luke. He was Luke under the CGI mask for the past episodes of Book of Boba Fett. And it looked great. It really did. Can you go without the deep faking? Sure. If they want to stay with the deep faking, though, you got to commit to the budget. You got to commit to the budget. So it's... uh... You do. And I think the biggest issue is the backlash from the fans because Star Wars fans are... (laughs) They can get kind of crazy about... The dumbest things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think they just need to pull the trigger on it because if we do end up doing an heir to the Empire story, which sounds like that's what we're doing, yeah. it's going to be really weird not to have on Luke and Leia. It really is. Yeah, so, especially when... For them just to disappear for 30 years and just kind of be off screen the whole time, I think doesn't help. Agreed. And that's especially saying when the original bits of the heir to the empire 
was all about Thrawn trying to deliver Luke and Leia to a rogue Jedi Master, you know? That was the original storyline of Heir to the Empire. And I just feel like it's not being honored in a sense. I mean, listen, we're not even done with Ahsoka yet. Luke Skywalker could literally show up on our screens. I'm going to wait. I'm going to be patient, right? But I'm hoping and praying that we do get Luke, Han, and Leia and Lando. And I'm hoping that they're done with justice, you know? They deserve it. And George Lucas deserves it. He wrote such a great double trilogy that he sold it for $12 billion. And now the story is trying to be continued. You have so much source material to copy from. You have so much, so many people that can come in and do a job like a Dave Filoni, like a John Favreau, like a Timothy Zahn, like a Bryce Dallas Howard. You have so many people that love this IP. And I'm not saying that, like, I'm not being negative in the slightest. I'm just saying you have to really want to do this. You know, you can't just hire people to hire people. You can't hire me and Fred to direct the show because me and Fred aren't qualified to do it. You have to put nope. the best people in position to tell the best story, George Lucas's Star Wars, and have fun with it. And in my opinion, that is Dave Filoni. Every piece of work that he's made of Star Wars so far, I've thoroughly enjoyed. That's my opinion. Not every piece. Everything my, my, biggest, my biggest Filoni problem was uh, Star Wars Resistance. Watch yeah, I haven't. I haven't watched yeah, a single episode. Good, good for you. you guys. You save you guys. You save yourself a lot of time. Trust me. Uh, I'll watch it eventually. It's not that great of a show. You know what's funny is um, I, I don't like Resistance. I still haven't finished it, but I think it has the stronger season one out of Clone Wars, Rebels, and Resistance. Uh-huh. But I still don't like the show. Oh. What's your favorite Filoni piece, Fred? If you had to just pin one down. The Plowing Wars. Yeah. See, for me, unpopular opinion, I think Rebels pound for pound is better than Clone Wars. I will agree with you there. Because, like, um, there's a lot of Clone Wars episodes that were kind of meh. Whereas I feel like every episode of Rebels, well, not everyone, but more episodes of Rebels were quality material than Clone Wars. But I just love Clone Wars because Senator Organa! Just instilled in me, bro. Mm -hmm. And you know me, I love Kenobi. So just getting to watch General Kenobi do his thing week in, week out was awesome. So, no, yeah, 100%. And that's very fair. I'm trying to remember where and if, because the thing that I love the most about Rebels is most most of the characters of the main group are original characters. 
thought up, created, designed simply to push the story of the rebellion. And I can't think of many. They strongly mirror. They strongly mirror the cast of A New Hope, but that's not a bad thing. No, not at all. Because I think it's good to take and like literally Zeb is your Chewbacca, mm-hmm. Kanan's your Han, Hera's your Leia, Ezra's Luke, and mm-hmm. then Chopper's R2, and then Sabine's is kind of there, I guess. Sabine's... Ezra and Hera, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sabine's your C3PO, bro. There you go. There you go. Honestly, Sabine in the show is nowhere near Sabine and Ahsoka. I feel like sub this maybe it's the actress, right? This actress has de- like literally embodied Sabine Wren, and I think she does such a freaking good job with the character. More so, and this is what's crazy. I think Sabine's portrayal in live action is better than Bo-Katan's. And Bo-Katan played Bo-Katan. Isn't that nuts? Is that just me? Well, I think Katie Sackhoff has always been very stoic. Um, even outside of her roles with uh, Disney, I think uh, she's always just kind of had that demeanor. So it doesn't surprise me completely, but I do agree about the performance for uh, Sabine's actress. I think she's knocked it out of the park. Yeah, she's done so well, especially because this is her first... involvement with star wars and i remember an interview that she did before the show she watched all of rebels twice and then she watched all of sabine's involvement and you can tell that she put in the work for it and you just appreciate that man you really appreciate that same with the guy who is playing Ezra. He's killing it. He is literally Ezra Bridger. Ten years later, but Ezra Bridger nonetheless, man. He is sick. Yeah, he's, I can't wait for you to get to those episodes, Fred. Yeah, I'll probably watch them like, tonight. But uh, yeah, um, as far as the videos, I definitely like... How Sabina's written as well, and the Ahsoka show. Because, mm-hmm. like, she has a lot more personality, a lot more character. Um, you know, like, obviously in Rebels, she was kind of just, like, the side character that was helping. Yeah, just, um, but, like, in, in the Ahsoka show, she's much more central. Obviously, she's not on the screen every episode, but, like, she's a lot more central in the series. Yeah. Than she was in the... 100%. And it's just yeah, that... I think I think the thing that helps that because I was talking to my family about that is like, I think the reason like everyone's talking about the writing is so much better in Ahsoka, and I think a lot of that has to do with these characters have been on screen for years, so a lot of them are already kind of developed and fledged out. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're all still growing with their arcs and everything, but I think it helps that these characters, you know, they don't have to start like day one. Like kind of how Ahsoka was in season one of Clone Wars, or Ezra in season one of Rebels, where they're just 
outright annoying. You know, it's just like, can this character grow up already? It's like, they're already grown up. So I think that helps a lot with the writing. Yeah, that's for sure. And fair play to the... Fair play to the Ezra being annoying thing. And I, I, I actively enjoy that when... Like, I remember the, when Ahsoka was being called annoying, like, yeah, she's a fucking teenage girl. What, like, what do you expect? And that was the same thing with Ezra. Annoying as hell. But he's a kid, you know, at the end of the day. So I'm not, not too worried about it. And just to see, are you all caught up with the Van Seal? I am all caught up. Okay. Yeah, just to see the effect of the show and to see how far um, Ezra's came from his ultimate sacrifice to when we get to see him for the first time. Like, you could tell he's he's been on the planet, but he's not been slouching. He's been putting in work. And you just have to appreciate that about a character who knows what he wants and is not just waiting for it to happen and the thing that i really enjoyed about ezra he's been without his lightsaber now for 10 years right so of course he would just want to rely upon the skills that he's had for the last 10 years he'd be a little bit rusty and you want to always have the best odds in battle which is why I think he opted for Sabine to hang on to the lightsaber and then he'll just use the force plus Ahsoka's ship has like 12 lightsabers on it he can pick from there you know I'm not worried about that in the slightest I think he'll get his lightsaber back I think people might just be taking things a little bit too far with the whole lightsaber thing but it's not that big of a deal in my opinion i know fred you've not seen the the parts yet but how do you feel about that van seal i, I agree i agree i mean i mean i think i think uh i think there's two reasons why lightsaber like we said like he's been training relying on the force and you know he it's almost like you know when you go to the gym and you're like relying on that one thing to help you get through the day and eventually you know you don't need it anymore you're mm -hmm. like i'm good i don't need it i also think was very ezra bridge like because i think he wanted to show off with him to be yeah because like, he like thing, which i really appreciate because he's movie. always trying to show off in rebels he's always trying to just you know that's just that's just the nature of his character yeah so which you know if you watch eventually he takes a blaster from a stormtrooper because he realizes oh crap i do need a weapon <laughs> yeah but i thought that was kind of funny as well but um yeah no i, I have no problem with not using lightsaber i think it's fine i think it's more than fine i think yeah people just blew it out of proportion because he, he's gonna get one surely and i guess to wrap up the whole ahsoka talk um where we're at now where what are your final predictions for the finale because i feel like it could go anywhere 
Um, I actually think the opposite. I don't think we're going to go anywhere. <laughs> I think uh, I think the only person that's going to go somewhere is Thrawn. Oh, you think so? I think uh, I think Thrawn's going to win, and I think they're going to get stuck there, and that's going to be your season two arc. Is how the hell do we get back? Yeah, cliffhanger. That's what uh, I was thinking. The one thing I'm very curious about is what is Balin's skull up to? That's the one thing yeah. that I'd be more interested in out of anything else in the show. I already know Thrawn's going to escape. They're not going to kill him off. No. But um, Balin's skull, what is he up to? Because ever since he got to Peridia, which is the new planet that we're on, yep. he's been so fascinated with some kind of entity or object or something that's hidden there that is unbeknownst to Thrawn and or the Night Sisters. So that's the one thing I'm more interested in. Also because, you know, the actor Ray Stevenson is no longer with us. So these are going to be the last time we're going to see him as the character. Mm -hmm. I too am very interested in not just Balin, not just Shin, but I'm really happy where we're at because I was worried before the show came out, slightly worried, just like a subconscious worry that, you know, how Star Wars fans are and you know how shows can be like Reva. You see her in episode one, you hate her for the rest of the series. Reva. Yeah, no. The Grand Inquisitor, you see his big head in the trailer, you hate him for the rest of the series. Um, just little things like that. I was worried about that with this show. Yeah. And the opposite thing happened. I'm invested in every yeah, character no, that has screen this time. Show, this show reminds me a lot of The Force Awakens a little bit. Um, not so in terms of like the parallelisms with the show, but and the movie, but just the fact that The Force Awakens was very enjoyable, mm -hmm. and it's set up for a great story that ended up getting completely destroyed. But I think this season one is setting up for probably the next five years of Star Wars, is my guess. Um, you know, with new characters, Balin Skull, Shinhadi, Thrawn, um, finally bringing Ezra back into the, the spotlight. Um, mm -hmm. because like story wise, the story hasn't really been complicated. I mean, when you look at it as like, you know, from like a bird's eye view, the whole story is find a map, find how to read the map, go to the place. That's kind of all that's happened so far. Mm -hmm. It's been very simple, which is fine. I think it's effective storytelling. But I like that it's setting up for something much, much bigger. Yeah. Um, the other thing, um, Balin's skull has been like MVP, man. That's show. What I, was I love his character so much. And the one thing everyone's like all upset, you know, and sad, you know, rightfully so, because we'll never see him again. I had an idea the other night where I was like, I hope they do this because there's such such positive feedback for his character. And I, I don't think that has anything to do with the actor's death. I think if he was still alive, people would still care just as much. Um, I would like to see Balin's skull in season two of Tales of the Jedi. Same. I would like to get an animated backstory of General Balin's skull during the Clone Wars 
And I think that's something they can do to wrap up his character because obviously, you know, actor's gone, but you can still, you know, someone can still do the voice acting, but model the character after uh, Ray Stevenson. Uh, that's something I really hope they do because I think um, he's such a good character. Mm -hmm. Something that I would like, and stop me at any time, Fred or Vancio, if this sounds too goofy, but in this is uh, this is all I'd want to see for Ahsoka season two trailer. And this is where we're at now. This could obviously change with the finale. He could die in the finale. He could literally die in the finale. But Ahsoka season two in the trailer, I want you to to show Shin and Balin walking. Obviously, it has to be a recast. But have Shin out of nowhere because right now, like he abandoned her. He left her. To a certain degree, from a certain point of view. Have them walking down like a corridor, hooded, whatever. And then just have Shin whip out her lightsaber and slice him in the head. Cut off his jaw. And then it puts him behind a mask like the one that Malak or Malgus wore. That way you could even further recast him and... It doesn't have to be his voice, doesn't have to be his face, doesn't have to be him. Because it could just be anybody with the same hairdo, same brooding height, same fighting style, and just try to emulate him as best as possible. And that's if he doesn't die tomorrow. Not tomorrow, but Tuesday. Oh, geez. When this comes out, we'll have already known. So who knows, man? Yeah. I might put this episode out on Tuesday, I mean, actually, just to get our little final pieces personally, in. Personally, I... I mean, personally, I, I'm not sure if they're going to kill him off. I'm not sure if they're going to... And, that, and that's the one thing I think, not just with Star Wars, but like with any like show or movie you're, you're like invested in. It's like, if something happens where you know you can't get the character back, I don't necessarily think that means you need to kill him off. I'm perfectly fine with characters just saying, like, you know, I'm done. Like, I'm just going to go retire and, like, not be on the screen anymore. But, um, I don't know. Because Shin, I could totally see Shin, Shin getting, like, a redemption arc and joining Ahsoka to fight Thrawn. Um, Balin, though, I feel like that dude's on, like, a suicide mission. Like, he, he like I said, we, we'll find out what happens, you know, with the next episode. Yeah, I feel like he he already knows like his own destiny. Like he like everything he's done, he, I, I we haven't seen him stressed or worried at all. Like once, no. Like everything he's done, he it's in like it's like he either plan it or it's been foretold to him. Like so, I I feel like he already knows what's gonna happen to his character. Do you think? Because um, he's searching for power beyond what you can even imagine, right? And right. to me, that sounds like what Ben Kenobi said to Vader. Like, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can ever imagine. Do you think that he's maybe trying right. to chase becoming a Force ghost? I have no idea. I honestly don't. And I, I, I've been, that's the one thing I've been thinking about a lot is because, you know, he talks about 
And there's all these nods to like, I don't want to say like red herrings, but just like things to get you thinking about. So at first I was like, okay, well maybe there's a Sith temple here on Ferdia, kind of like in Rebels. Mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that wants to go to a Sith temple. No. And he starts talking about how this is the the ex kingdom of like the Night Sisters. I'm just like, okay, well, if we go down that rabbit hole, that kind of can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he starts talking about. He wants to break the chain yes. of the Jedi falling and the Empire rising. I'm like, how the hell do you do that? Because we already know it's going to happen again with the sequels. And yep. it happens before the prequels with um, the Old Republic. Yep. Um, I honestly have no idea. I have no fucking I really clue. Have and no I just want to know. <laughs> I mean, I'm I know. so I know. excited. Because like I said, we already know. They're not going to kill Thrawn. Thrawn's going to escape because he's too smart. Um, but Balin's on, like, a whole other side quest. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what is there? What is on the planet? And he always talked about, you know, when they first got there, he was talking about how, like, this planet was told in stories at the Jedi Temple. Yeah. And he was talking about how he's seeking a power that Thrawn, Morgan Elsbeth, and the Night Sisters are not aware of. So... I honestly have no idea what it is. I hope it's not like, you know, he's just trying to be a force ghost because I think that would be a little underwhelming. I mean, it's going to be very cool, but... It'd be cool only in the sense that he would literally have been doing this from scratch because he would not have known how to become one because he never spoke with Yoda about it, who spoke with Qui-Gon about it, who taught Obi-Wan about it. You know, like, so he would be literally finding this out from scratch, which is kind of cool. But at the same time, I do know what you mean. And I, uh, I can't even fathom what his story is going to, to finish with. I mean, I feel like it has something to do with, it has, I feel like it has something to do with his name and the mural on Lothal. Yeah. Because, you know, in that mural, you have the Phoenix Squad with the, the black and the white wolf. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, Shin Hati and Balin Skorg, um in Greek mythology, those are like like wolf gods or something like that. And then on top of that, in the last episode, one of them was riding a black wolf and the other one was riding the white one. I'm just like, yep. I don't know if this is Dave Filoni because he's obsessed with wolves. You know, I'm, I'm starting to think he might actually think he is one. But um, <laughs> it might have something to do with that too. Like, who even knows if Balin, Skull, and Shinhadi are human? Like, like we still don't have an explanation of what, what happened to Merok. Like, I feel like a lot of people kind of forgot about what happened to him. Like, what the heck? Like, I keep that in mind. vanished. I do keep that in mind. I think surely they're... I think he's her father. That's what I think. I think he's her father. And that's why it's so easy for him to be doing this little tough love thing. Because, I don't know, man. I can see that. I can see that. I don't know. She wasn't She wasn't brought up at the temple. She's not no. traditional. Um, and I, I think she has more dark side than he does because she just wants to make him proud. She does everything that she yeah, is. Ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that there's less of a chance that she turns to the light than there is 
of her just going all out dark side because when she fights this might just be a visual thing i just feel like her saber gets more and more and more intense of a shade of red does. and i feel I noticed like that as well yeah i feel like it's a little bit more symbolic than we're meant to think and i think shin as a so, character has a lot of potential if we go down that route do you think she is going to replace because we're not do it doesn't sound like we're going to do the, the traditional heir to the empire story because there's no con luke or leia present um do you think she's going to replace the role of mara jade then i just obviously not have a love interest with luke because that doesn't happen but do you think she's going to be that like that dark side you know force user that thrawn calls upon probably but I don't want to replace it. I think Mara Jade would work perfectly with canon. I agree. Because I agree. But I think Mara... Mara... The problem is if you bring up Mara Jade now, it would be amazing. But then it makes the, the sequels make even less sense. It could be made to make why sense. why didn't Luke bring her up? Because maybe she died. Maybe she died in childbirth like Padme did. Um, and maybe that was also like... You could use that as a way of saying, okay, well, what else does Luke have? He has nothing left. He doesn't have his wife, doesn't have his kid, doesn't have his Jedi temple. So, of course, it's easy for him to recluse to an island. I've always thought if Mara left somehow, then it would be perfect sense for him to just go off and be a recluse and just die alone. But... Because people have to change, right? People have to change. And from Luke, from episode six to seven, it's about 30 odd years. It's not like it's going to be a slow burner with Luke. It has to be big events. And I feel like, is Luke's academy burning down and his students dying Students whose parents he promised he'd protect and watch over. Is that big enough for him to go be a recluse? Sure, it could be. But I feel like it has to be a domino effect with Luke. Like, things need to go wrong in this guy's life to the point where the Academy was his tipping point. He needs to get in disagreements with Luke and Leia. Or not Luke and Leia. Han and Leia about Ben's upbringing. He needs to essentially drive a wedge between their marriage because they're separated in the sequels. And he needs to basically have his story told to the point where he can believably move to an island to die. Because that's what he said he wanted to do. He came to this island to die. So I think adding Mara Jade, ultimately for her to either leave or die herself, would be a substantial thing that could definitely add to the sequels. But I do think that Shin Hati could be used in any witch role. She could turn to the light, she could stay to the dark, she could work for Thrawn... I think she has so much potential. 
I couldn't even imagine where she's going to go. Because her story, her character, is just as advanced as Balin's. Just, they're just on different arcs themselves. Which is another reason why I love this show. I care so much about every single character in this show except for the Night Sisters because I know they're just fodder. I know Morgan Elsbeth is just being used by Thrawn to return home. So I I actively don't care about her character. Is what it is to me, you know. Yeah, I agree. I think uh <laughs> last couple episodes I'm like, man, Morgan's character is kind of taking taking a step back a little bit. Yeah, and you can He's even see like that in her posture. Around the other yeah, night she's sisters. Like, what the hell's Ron? We're messing up. He's yeah. like he's like, uh no, we're fine. It's all going according to plan. She's like, but Thrawn <laughs> He's like, Shut up. Literally, like, literally shut up. Like I love the way I love the, there's what is it? There was one episode, I think it was two episodes ago, where she's like Thrawn's like when you find Ezra Bridger and he's telling Captain Enoch, he's like, Dispatch two squads. Um and she's like, We should do more. And then he goes he just says something like, he's like, in our exile, our number, numbers have dwindled. And then he pauses for a second and just goes, so no, two squads. Yeah. <laughs> just like, uh, damn, Ron. With all, with, uh, with all due up. respect, we don't have the facilities for that. Yeah. I haven't been a fan of her from like, day one of up. Mando, bro. I just, I don't think. I, so it's funny, I liked her more in Mando. I liked her more in Mando than I did in this show. I'm not sure what it is or why. I don't know if it's because we found out she's a night sister, so maybe we you put her up on a pedestal and thinking she's gonna be like super OP. You know what it is, bro? Um, she doesn't speak but... Russian. She doesn't have that Ruski <laughs> night sister accent. And she's the only one who doesn't. I think that's what it is. Seriously. Are you sure? Yeah. Not all the night sisters speak Russian. Well, they have that, like... You're just talking about, uh, what's her name, Poupon Order. No, Marin does, Talzin does, Daka did, Asajj Ventress did. They all have, like, this Eastern European accent to them, and she just doesn't. Yeah, Eastern European accent, I get that. But her, she's not a traditional knight sister, though. Like, obviously, like, she's not pale white, she doesn't have pale white skin and all the tattoos, like... She has, like, yeah. a few tattoos, like, small ones on her forehead, but... She's not traditional, and I think the reason for that is I think she was, uh, you know, hiding the whole time, hiding that fact. Like she didn't want to share that information with people. Bitch made. Because you know she she is a she is technically like part of a race that's I'm guessing almost extinct. Mm-hmm. You know. So. At that rate, yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of Night Sister lore. I'm a big fan. Marin did it to me though. I gotta be honest. Marin did it. I wasn't interested before Marin. <laughs> I wasn't interested before Marin, but Marin did it. Fred knows, bro. Once I'll never you never get that. What, bro? Like once you see a, a solid character, it's all you want to look into. Especially when the book came out, uh, Battle Scars. Terrible book. Horrible book. But. <laughs> Just add, Dude, terrible book. Don't read it. But damn, she's awesome. <laughs> yeah, do not read the book. I'm literally serious. Waste of time, waste of money. Um 
get, get yourself Shadows of the Empire by Hell yeah. Who's this by? Was it Mike Perry? Yeah, go read go read about Dash Rendar and his his extra large shoulder pads. Yeah, go read about Zizor. He's a freak and a half. Anyways, to wrap things up here on the podcast. Do you have a character who you recommend people look into more through either comics, through books, through movies, TV shows, anything? Yep, Sabalba, dude. Dude blew a crazy lead in the Bunta Eva race, dude. Look into him. 36.23 second lead to a human yep. boy. Yep. Bro definitely had money on Anakin, hundred percent. I would say, if people are gonna look into a character, and even Sebulba's a shout. Like, there's tons of comics and media on Sebulba. He was involved in the slave trade on Tatooine. Like, he was a uh, pimping out children and selling slaves and stuff. So, look into Sebulba, hundred percent. I would say, in the FBI. since we're on the topic of him, I would say Thrawn. I would pick a Thrawn trilogy, whether it's Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn or the Thrawn. There's three Thrawn trilogies. There's Heir to the Empire, Ascendancy, and then just the Thrawn trilogy. Any of the three, any order, doesn't matter. Pick them out, read them, have a good time with them. Thrawn's a sick character, and you get a lot of dope sub-characters in there. You get Captain Pelion, you get uh, Eli Vanto, you get Rook, you get Mara Jade, a lot of Luke Skywalker is in there, a lot of Han Solo and Leia. Um, you can't go wrong. What about you, Van Seal? I was going to say Thrawn 2, but <laughs> being quick on my feet, um, you know, going back to how we were saying that we're not going to have any Star Wars media for a while, I think taking this time or break, whatever you want to call it, after the Soka show ends, I think that'd be a good opportunity for people to read up on the Old Republic. If you want Facts. something that's different, like super different, super original, super fresh, with... I don't even know how many characters in the world probably. It's probably in the thousands how many characters are in there. Easily. But um, if you just want, like, a whole new, like, world, or worlds, I guess I should say, to dive into about Star Wars, I would go into the Old Republic, and I would start with anything with the name Revan on it. <laughs> yep. Um, or probably Knights of the Old Republic 1 story is probably where I would start. That's kind of like the, uh, that's not the very beginning but that's kind of the beginning of like one of the main characters' arcs. There is like mm -hmm. hundreds of main characters in the old world. It's insane how much Star Wars media that's there. And uh, the nice thing is Disney hasn't touched it yet. So they have not. It's still really, really good. I myself haven't even finished the story because, believe it or not, it's still being written till this day. There's so much content. Mm -hmm. But, you know, after Ahsoka, I would say if you're interested, go into the old public. It's, it's, yeah. it's, there's really nothing bad about it. I love everything about it. It's just so much different. And it gives you a nice, fresh perspective on Star Wars. 
Yeah, and even um, next week, we will do our review of the whole Ahsoka show. And then in the second half hour, we'll dedicate it towards the Old Republic. Because we have yet to even talk about it ourselves. And we're going to have a fun game to play next week, early on in the podcast. And then we'll answer you guys' questions. So make sure to send them in at Star Wars T-A-P. Star Wars Tap on Twitter and Instagram. And for Fred, myself, and Van Seal, this has been the Archives Podcast, Episode 9. Next week is Episode 10, baby, and we're super excited for that one. We're going to try and get Keg on. We're going to try and get MJ, and Jute will be here as well. I want to have tons of dudes on here having a good time talking Star Wars. So Episode 10 next week. Look forward to it. Peace, love, and life. May the force be with you.